0: Welcome, everyone, to this very special episode of Slay the Stars, where we are doing a sort of post-mortem on Arc 1, meaning anything is fair game from episode 1 to 63. We're going to talk about tons of stuff. We have a bunch of questions uh, from our listeners. Looks like there's about 20 of them. Uh, And in addition to that, we are, at the end, going to talk a little bit about where we are going in Arc 2. What can we expect to see? What do we want (laughs) What do we want for these people? Uh, and at f- the first thing I want to do, though, is I want to take this moment to talk to, I mean, about the three of us here. And, like, what this campaign so far, this first huge arc, uh, what it has meant to us, what it has done for us as far as, like, D&D players. And, uh, you know, just kind of get into the feels a little bit.
1: Um... I don't have feelings. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm a stone cold killer. Yeah. Yep. No, I I this doing this whole project um has definitely affected my confidence. Like I'm, I definitely have more confidence. Okay, okay,
2: good. I'm just like for the better, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean like I You guys know from the first recording session when I heard my own voice and I was like, God damn, that's good. (laughs) Someone fell in love with herself. Even more. (laughs) I really did. I really did. Um, So that's been fun. Um, I'm not going to name names, but um, But. in a discord recently, someone called my character Mommy and I died. It was the best thing ever. (laughs) I felt so powerful. Um, so thank you for that person. You know who you are, and I, I heart you. <laughs> um, I don't know, just like a lot of things that I I just... How do I say this? I never really consider myself being like great at this game or contributing as much as others or whatever, but through this whole process, finding my stride. It feels good. Love it.
2: I mean, for me, this is... Um.
0: I want to remove the footsteps sound so it just you just sound like a crazed person from an Edgar Allan Here's Poe the, story. <laughs> Here's the, the
2: thing though sometimes the they don't pop up on the fucking recording and it's just me going, I'll footsteps. wait. And then, nothing, <laughs> Nothing's and then <laughs> happening.
0: It just sounds like you're really being sassy with us. I'll wait. Go ahead, do what you're gonna do. I'll wait. <laughs>
2: But no, um,
1: (laughs) little known secret. Arthur is always,
2: (laughs) even more so now. Um, (laughs)
1: uh,
2: I I think it would probably be, it it wouldn't diminish the fact that this game has probably changed my life. Just being able to do this and getting to see these lovely people (laughs) so often. I mean, they are my best friends, so it is, it is very, very good and really good for my mental health to see them as often as I get to now because we we forcefully put each other in the basement once a <laughs> month.
0: True, it's true.
2: Both emo- emotionally and physically.
0: That's, oh, I didn't think about that. We do go to the emotional basement pretty frequently.
1: Can we change this uh, <laughs> metaphor, please? <laughs> a different metaphor. So
2: Jen's on a... Uh, <laughs> A horny joke kick right now. <laughs> kick <laughs> last...
1: Right now makes it sound like I'm not perpetually 12 years of age. I was trying. <laughs> anyway. I own it. It's fine.
2: But mm-hmm. yeah, the, I think oh. that I've.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost threw my whole dice. <laughs> away. <We're> very professional. <laughs> this
0: is going well.
2: I think that I've grown both as a D&D player and um, more experienced as a DM watching Leah because she is fantastic. Uh, and then, Jen, you always fucking keep me on my toes. So I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> I appreciate how little you show how frustrated you are with me. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> uh, I know, like, one of the things
0: for me that has meant so much is, um, like, when we... We we talked about podcasting many times before we actually podcasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there there was definitely a level of me feeling, like, a little like I was dragging Arthur and Jen into this kicking and screaming because they are not as extroverted as I am, and they were much more hesitant to put themselves out here in this way. Um, Lee is technically an introvert, too, so, like, that... Technically, yes. Technically. (laughs) Technically. Um, And so... You know, and and that sort of plays out. You can see how unsure we were of ourselves in the beginning because we had a whole disclaimer that we put on the first, like, 30 episodes of the show. Be nice to us. Be nice to us. We were so scared that... <laughs> that people would have something negative to say or that, uh, you know, we get any sort of like pushback or we'd mess up and people would heckle us. Like we were very concerned about this. And then I think we, I don't know how many episodes it was in. We just removed the disclaimer because I think all three of us got to this point where we were like, No, like, this is okay. And this community is awesome. Yeah. Uh, And everybody is wonderful. And, yeah, if we mess up, who cares? Like, we'll correct it or we won't and we'll move on and we'll learn. It's it's fine. Uh, And I think that was a huge turning point for all of us uh, on this project and getting to see that and see how much... We've changed, you know, getting to work with other people, like putting ourselves out there and going on other shows, like Game Master Monday, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, yeah, like I think that all three of us have really just like sort of stepped into our own as like, hey, we can we can do this, and we can have fun doing this, and we can do it in a way that's entertaining for other people, Um, which is not something I think we thought going into this. We were sort of like, we're doing this for ourselves, and it's totally 100%. fine. And we still are. And we, we still, still are. are. We still are. Yeah. Um, but no. knowing that we can connect with other people is something that we dreamed that we could do, but we didn't know it would actually happen.
2: And then we kind of, like, the self-actualization like actualization was when we all went to Gen Con. And it was just like a, oh, no, this is, we're okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we met so many other podcasters and so many other people who, like, knew us and what we were doing. And we knew about them and what they were doing. And, uh, you know, getting to talk to people and having them say, like, yeah, your story, like, touched me and I love
1: listening and stuff. Like, that is powerful on a whole other level. Yeah, that's still so crazy to me. Like, I can't—I feel like I'm still holding that piece of it at arm's length because I'm, like— cool like I immediately recognize it but at the same time I'm like I can't believe something that came out of our brains (laughs) is doing that wild yeah Yeah. so I've loved it and this whole thing
0: has meant a lot to me and I just want to echo what Arthur said like you two are my my favorite people so (laughs) this getting Uh, to do this and with the two of you I don't think this would have worked with anybody else yeah um and so I'm, I'm very very thankful for both
2: in a bit more on the less humble side, we have proved that you don't have to have four players to run a D&D campaign.
0: You don't need four friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You only need two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> can, can we
2: have a hard cut here?
1: get into some of the questions oh but (laughs) but need is one thing but like again let's let's reiterate like this has opened us up to so many cool people it has so like we started just the three of us and yeah that's all you need but like we've met and connected with so many people
0: let me say my life is quite
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry for those in the know You'll know. You'll know. Uh, those My who life don't, is very different. Fuck off. <laughs> for those who don't, get to know us a little better. Buy us, us a on our drink. Patreon.
0: Maybe we'll tell you. Buy, buy us a drink on Patreon. Maybe we'll tell you some stories. Um, Support
2: our addiction to coffee.
1: <laughs> coffee.
2: Yes. Which is literally called the coffee fun because reasons. <laughs> and I'm the only one here that doesn't drink. <laughs> oh, tequila. <Ta-da. laughs>
0: I don't think we have coffee for that. And now we're going to get to the question.
2: What the fuck are we doing with our lives?
0: Uh, (laughs) This this is what we're doing. Uh, We really full (laughs) end of the spectrum there. Our first question: What are your? We're going. We're jumping right into the deep end because this is a, a
2: big question. All right. Like long or like heavy?
0: Uh it's not it's not heavy. It's just this could lead to a very long discussion. What are your biggest regrets for the path or plot line or story beat that was missed in Arc One?
1: Rafe.
2: <laughs> really?
1: No, sorry, Reg.
2: Okay. I was gonna say Reg. like I thought you've you, you've gotten through that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh yeah, no. I'm good with Brave. It's Reg. Reg makes me sad. Reg makes me real sad. Yeah,
2: sorry, I just had a really weird realization that's funny for no reason, even though Reg's really sad. This whole inciting incident was a chaos monkey using a fucking crowbar.
1: You mean you? For,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, the one time I'm acting like you used a fucking crowbar, figured out where the orb was. Like, that's the inciting incident. Dumbass with a crowbar. That should be the new name.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. I'm dancing with a bard on the inside of this tavern. Mm-hmm. Throwing myself into tables while you just use a crowbar to upend our entire lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, but I, 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 it's not that I regret it. I mean, I do, but I don't because, again, just like with Ristos, it was so well told. Mm-hmm. Like that moment was so, like, choosing and everything else. Like it was brutal, but. I played a little too much there I feel like it was it was one of those moments where it was you know like we all know that Zem's been pretty free about that sort of thing this whole time and then he was too that was his character but then there was a connection that started with Charl a little bit and she didn't ease up she didn't back off she didn't do anything and then and then he was gone Boom. There was no fixing any of that. Could not go back. And that hurts.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, that. So Reg was
0: such an interesting character for me to play because he was one of the NPCs. So sometimes... Like, when you're when you're DMing a game and you're running NPCs, there are some NPCs that are just characters to you. And then there are some characters that you actually really connect with. And some for different reasons. Like, I connect with Karina because she is my way to harass Arthur <laughs> in games. And it's just fun. Um, but with Reg, Reg was a way for me to insert this, like flirty, fun, but also sort of like wise in a way character into this game who's just there to sort of like poke at Zem and Shar in these like, these blind spots, these like willfully ignorant blind spots that they have about themselves. Um, And having him ripped out of the game at that moment just as that stuff was happening, just as stuff with Shar was sort of like evolving Mm -hmm. with him was, it was brutal.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I know that Outside of gameplay, you and I have had many conversations about where Zemira is at, and it was really before her connection with Reg, like, solidified, and Rafe, no, her connection with Rafe, I'm going to do this this whole time, I don't know why this, I don't know why this twisted in my brain, but now it's (laughs) stuck all day, before her connection with Rafe solidified. He was always sending Reg. So, Mm -hmm. like, while the catalyst for the savior was Rafe, Reg was the one doing the saving. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I told you I couldn't figure out, like, which way this was headed for her. Mm -hmm. um, Because he clearly didn't give a shit. um, Like, had no preferences and therefore was open to whatever. Um, Again, things that we had hinted and joked around about, but... I I just, I don't remember what it was that was like, nope, it's for sure Reg. Rafe. It's for sure Rafe. <laughs> <laughs> it's My a good thing hurts. one of them died. Let's Listen, be real.
2: <laughs> too many R's apparently. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, yeah. It, it, the, then the choice was made. And it it wasn't just like a choice outside of the game. It was like the way that they interacted with each other. It was just really clear which one was the the one that she was going with, but it still hurt.
0: Well, there was also this level of, like, so that party where you finally saw Rafe again in person was the same moment where... So Reg escorted the two of you to the party, right? And then Zamira met up with Rafe, and it was Reg's way of saying, like, okay, this is done now, right? He was sort of, like, saying... And and Zamira, in a way, was saying, like, okay, like... This whatever connection we had is over. This is what I'm interested in, and Reg in that moment was like, "This is fine," because there's something over here that I'm I'm more interested in, um, even on just like a like a connection level. Uh, and he had his dance with Shar. So at the same time, when this connection with Zamira is closing, this this connection with Shar is just sort
1: of starting. Well, yeah, because it was no consolation prize. I don't think that he was ever fully there Mm-mm. the way that
2: it was zem. it wasn't the
1: same yeah zem was more the one going like oh but he really wasn't i mean he was he, okay so he he's a flirt in he's general flirt. so he was fine to engage but it was not it had no meaning zem
0: was more open and willing to flirt back right mm-hmm. whereas char was very like closed off and so it like that Initial connection was much easier for him with Zamira because Zamira was like, "This is fine as long as it's just like, yeah, goofy stuff." Which Reg called you out on, yeah, uh, and said like, "As soon as there's an actual connection, you just like shut it down." Um, versus when things started unfolding with Shar, I think there was more of like a soul connection there, right? Like they were feeling each other out, and Reg was understanding Shar in this way that I don't think Shar was even really ready for. In no, those he moments. definitely wasn't.
2: And I think that the the fight with Dalius was kind of a weird, like, preamble to that. Mm-hmm. Because that was when, ironically, when we got hit with a fireball, that was where things started to mm-hmm. become inflamed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, is that how you want to say that? I like that. that. I no, that's, that's no, hot. That's good. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think... Um... Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> say more. No. <laughs> um, I think that... I, I think we've said this before, too is unfortunately, like, Reg had to die, and I feel bad about it. I really do. But because of that, Shard um, does blame whatever the hell his name is, the other wizard from Anna Istin. Istin. Shard does blame Istin for Reg's death. I don't he know should. if that's going to come up again, but that's how he feels about the situation in general.
1: Yeah. I hope he gets flayed alive. We'll
0: see. I don't know when, but we'll we'll see. Um, Arthur, are there any plot lines that you want to single out as, like, a biggest regret?
2: I'm so mad we didn't pursue the crazy man in the streets. Because both of us are just like, we don't have time. Yeah. And I feel really bad because I feel like that could have given us some kind of heads up on something.
1: I would really like to go back and explore that entire city mm-hmm. at some point. Because I just, there was so, so it was one of the richer cities, in my opinion, like um, culturally rich, like lots of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt like we could, we could have spent time there if it weren't for the people constantly chasing us. Yeah, the stuff that happened in Ocean Guard, there was a
0: lot of interesting things there. And I think that because there was there was a lot of me like planting little things and saying like, here's an interesting thread. Are we going to pull this one? Here's an interesting thread. Are we going to pull this one? Um, so, yeah, I agree. Ocean Guard was a lot of fun. I hope to see uh, Cloud again someday if she was super cool.
2: Hated that look.
0: I, no. Uh, we're not going to learn more about Cloud per se. But uh in the little special two shot that's gonna be coming out or maybe already came out. I think it's that will be coming out before this. So you already know about that. Um but we, we don't. Yeah you, don't, we haven't you haven't heard it yet. You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> um but uh let's just say that you're going to get uh an interesting little look at Icarus um and where cloud is from. So maybe you will see more of Cloud eventually. I don't know. Uh, But I agree. And honestly, now that we can kind of pull the curtain back on that, um, that happened so early on. And um, if you had pulled that thread and spoken to that man and things had gone sort of where I thought they would if you had talked to him, uh, your relationship with Adria and Adria's role in this story would have been very different from where they ended up. Because where I had her in my brain was very different than whenever you started engaging with her more.
2: Yeah, but I mean, other than that, like, yes, I regret certain things that happened, but I don't think that any of the events felt unnatural or unable to be able to tell stories. Like, I would not change a goddamn thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... I just wish I
2: had more spoons.
0: (laughs) Yeah. More spell slots. I I mean, you guys have both honed in now on two of the moments uh, where, you know... (laughs) There I wouldn't call them regrets because again, like you said, I wouldn't change anything that happened. But the man in the street, uh, that was one that I had like a lot of stuff sort of like planned out for that didn't come to fruition. Um
2: You literally threw it at us in the middle of like, God damn it, like I we know need to, get to this one place.
0: I know, I know. Uh and then <sighs> I think honestly, those are it. That's it. Uh, The only other one is the one that we've talked about a million times is Adhara capturing you, which would have just taken us back to another question um, that comes up on this list later. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, What would you say is your favorite moment of arc one and your least favorite moment of arc one?
2: Hmm.
0: My favorite moment is uh, Xander in the window, Char chasing, uh, and then the whole fights, the fights that ensue after that. That is my favorite moment. Uh, My least favorite moment is Reg dying. Done. Easy choices for me.
1: My least favorite moment, I think, might be when Dahlia dies, not for the obvious reasons, but because I feel like I, I feel like Zamira did not react appropriately in that moment. And I don't, and by appropriately, I mean, I don't think I did that moment or Zamira any justice.
2: Well, I thought you were fine and great because it didn't feel like Zem got any closure from it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you, that was like, you were very voided yeah. from the, from the, the event. So yeah. I felt you acted appropriately. I think the next, when acting. Act two, whatever, whatever, what are we calling it? Arc two pops up. I think that you're going to have that like, oh yeah, there's no closure. And what the fuck do I do now?
1: Yeah. I mean like we, it's clear how contentious that relationship had literally always been. Um, And there really wasn't a lot of love lost, but still it's, I don't know. It just, it kind of, it's my least favorite because it just, it's stuck with me ever since we, had that recording session where I've just been like, ugh. Like, I wish I could have done that better. Um Favorite. Ah, I, it's hard to say. Like, there've just been, there's so many good... I feel like Murder is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll like, so there's two that stick out, which it's going to be Adhara, because mm-hmm. that was... Fucking dope. The and first then, one, the biggest one. And yep. And then the tree oh, because the tree. fucking lit the roots up. So cool. <laughs>
2: I'm a golden <laughs> god. That's <laughs> true.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean but I feel like I should be choosing like these big emotional moments or whatever, but as a player it was badass. It was yeah, fun. Sometimes it's the coolest
2: ones. Okay. So Tying for least favorite and most favorite at the same time, uh, both least and favorite, both both most and least was the um, the sleep spell that went off that killed all the animals
1: in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Reefing day. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: Reefing day. So, so good. That, I, that is my favorite moment because of just like, I did not, and I should have understood the complexity of that spell. And I was just being a dumbass that day. And then least favorite because of course he killed fucking animals all of them
1: honorable mention yeah fighting the pigeons
2: <laughs> just it's a consistent through line on this campaign yeah
0: also I lied my favorite moment was the dream that Char had where the animals are coming back to life and going Char <laughs> that was
2: my favorite thing to edit so <laughs> to throw fun. your an octave like three high three pitches higher and like add a shaker <laughs> Uh, And then also tied for least favorite was the death of Horatio, of course.
1: Oh, Horatio. You know what? Actually, discovering Kai, meeting Kai and going to her um, cabin. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. That was... Her house in a tree. Yeah, That was really, really fun. That was one of those moments that
0: was sort of shocking to me, right? It's like, I expected... Uh, we've talked about this, we won't go into it in the past, but I had set this up so that you would be a little hesitant and scared of her at first because of our test fight in the beginning. Um, But not only were you amazing players and didn't metagame that and just walked full into it knowing that I might have put a hag in there, but you embraced her and she embraced the two of you so much and there was this like sweet motherly connection that happened and i got to see the two of you and the the two characters relax for the first time ever because those first episodes were just wild um and seeing how much those characters needed it so good. Oh, I've really
2: traumatized these people. I've really traumatized <laughs> these
0: people. Um, oh, okay, I guess
1: she's not a hag. Cross that reveal. <laughs> I actually just wrote this when we were recording the last thing. Like, we were talking about the Ristos' orb. Um, and I was like, I really want to figure out a way to, like, have that be handed down to me. <laughs> Like, how do I finagle this? Um, But I wrote, the orb for Zem would would look like Kai's cottage. So whatever it looks like now, I would, like, figure out a way to have it look like that cottage. Obviously, before it was burned down. But, like, because that is the most, the closest to an actual home, like, a dream that Zem has ever had is that. And it's, you know, it's changed since. I mean, she's met Rafe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I just mean the right word. Um, but that too. <laughs> so, like, it's it, it changes a little. So it will probably be a little bit like um, a certain cottage from a certain um, other genre, fandom, whatever, that, like, is all wonky because they just kept adding rooms to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be like that.
0: I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say, like, Baba Yaga hut, and it would have chicken feet and stuff,
1: and I was like, I'm in. I mean, and I would do that, too. I want so, them to have this. The, there is that one oh.
2: room. <laughs> the chicken feet room.
1: It just what? goes in circles. What's that room?
2: Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, favorite
1: NPC from this arc? This is difficult, because it's I gotta difficult. say, I can't, I, it cannot be one. There is a, mm-hmm. a a hard tie for me between Kai and Mila. Oh, Mila!
2: Mila's pretty dope. Mila's
1: she, so good. Listen, she gave me tools that I needed to like to develop my character. Like,
0: Mila's my favorite, and you'll find out why when I finally give you the recording. Thanks. to listen to. uh, uh well, my The
2: two bounty hunters that were after us. Oh. Lauren
1: Rush. Laura and Rush. They were good. <sighs> they so
2: good. Just because I think if there was any regret, it might be that they could have been more involved in the story.
1: 100%. You know, I really truly feel, and maybe I'm just crazy because they are gone and there's no possibility, but I feel like we could have been Friends, Like, really good friends.
2: Um, That's how that entire dinner scene felt. uh,
1: Yeah, where it was like, yes, we're here to do a job, but, like, until we actually have to, like, bring you in and hand you over, um, like, whatever. Let's fuck around and find out, you know? Yep.
0: Oh, that was actually, uh, going back to the question about the story beats that were missed. I wouldn't say it was missed because, you know, Reg came in and was able to save the day and do everything like that. But there were, there was a chance but you met them on the street right and they said okay fine meet us at the bar we'll have a drinking contest but if you had engaged with them there was very little chance that the two of you were going to be able to overpower
2: them we understood that Um, yeah and <laughs> because so, we just got thrown off a boat and so again
0: this was another chance to have you right at the gates of Morbeil you're about to But, oh, nope, you were captured and you were turned around the opposite way, right? And that was one of the reasons that I was like, okay, and these bounty hunters, they're not going to be just, like, whatever jerks who are, like, you know, slapping you guys around and dragging you by, you know, whatever, manacles down the road. Like, these are just going to be people who are like, we're doing a job. You're worth a lot of money. This doesn't have to be contentious. Let's just talk. Um, And it would have been a really interesting story arc to see what happened, um but smartly you uh bought yourself enough time. And uh the rest is history. But you know, the stories that dead. could have been. And All they're dead. <laughs> All of them. All dead. That's why it's called a postmortem. <laughs> uh it's true. Uh I mean, we talked a little bit about this with Ocean Guard earlier, but what's the your favorite locale that we've visited that we've experienced during this time?
2: I think the obvious the obvious one is um, the cabin, the tree hut, mm-hmm. just because. Kai's yeah, Kai's. Um, just because your character loved it, mine was terrified because you didn't spot shit and I spotted everything and I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Didn't I?
1: didn't we trade places? No,
2: you're just, you're yelling at me. I'm like under the bed. It's just skulls. You're like, trade me, trade me,
1: trade me. Oh, right. (laughs) I wanted to trade places. But
2: Char was just (laughs) stuck. Um, I, I do have, and it's because I partially helped create it. I do have a proclivity for the garden. The garden's a lot of fun. There's so much more there that we could have gotten into and seen. I I love that. It's true. Although, although, Annenfell was fucking dope. That was like being dropped into like a sci-fi movie in the middle of a fantasy campaign.
1: Yeah. I know. And And this is why I'm struggling. It's probably Annenfell for me because it was so different from everywhere else we had been um i like there were there were cool unique things about every everywhere we went um of course no it's fell it's it's Annenfell's, my favorite Fell was pretty fun i think Although more Bale. I was going
0: to say, so one of my favorite moments was when you all were in Morbeil and you decided to go where they're doing the excavation into the old palace and you see the, this treasury room that was walled up, uh, that the dwarves hid from the empire when the empire was taking over like 200 years prior to the game. And you get that taste of it. Cause so I would classify most of Vela as like a it's not really that medieval Lord of the Rings fantasy setting right it's just like a it's
2: it's a rebuild
0: it's it's sort of like what comes after that mm-hmm. right but like that moment going into that treasury seeing the treasure chests and the weird crazy golems and stuff that is your first taste of like what what that fantasy setting could have been and then Annenfell going there directly after is this taste of like what's What's coming? Future. This like future, mm. right? And I love that we've had these chances to experience like all of that stuff so far. But that moment just felt homey, right? It felt it felt like a very D and D moment, right? Yeah. Going into an old dwarven keep and seeing their old dwarven centurions. I'm going Skyrim now, um, but <laughs> I don't know. It it was it was a fun fun moment. Yeah, it really was. Okay. Who do you want to see reappear in arc two? Who do you feel like we have not seen enough from, and whose
1: story is the most interesting to you? Pause while I go through. Oh, um. Oh, what was his name? Uh, uh The keeper of the the queen's rest.
2: The queen's was it Greg or George or. Jeff. 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 It's Jeff. It was a good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jeff. Uh, I I don't know. There was just something about him where he was like, I mean, yeah, it's corrupt. And? Where I was like, but he also was like really protective because... He came slamming in when he thought I was getting, like, beaten by this one. <laughs> yeah. Um And then, it, as it turns out, it was the other way
0: around. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Help.
1: Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dream with the stuff coming out of his yeah. mouth. And I thought
0: it was a good time. Uh, yeah. Oh, That's I love Jeff. I-Core. Maybe maybe Jeff and Amy have finally gotten together. Maybe. And- they better. I hope so. We need a little bright spot in this world. I would you love keep to saying see that,
2: and then you keep just beating the shit out of us. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think like, so I would, I would follow that thread, Aaron, Aaron. it's Aaron, he's I, his final answer.
2: I want to see him again, but I'm scared what would happen if he pops up again. So I'm going to put that one as a very powerful alt too, because kids don't survive,
1: man. <laughs> I mean, this one does.
2: He better. Jen is
0: threatening me with her eyes right now. This one. Does. <laughs> um, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to watch Arthur's reaction whenever I say oh, this. Oh, me too. Okay. Um, because there is a character who's been mentioned multiple times, who we've never seen, Yeah. Um, who has been doing something behind the scenes, and we have not caught up with them yet, and that is Gideon.
2: Yeah.
0: I... I want you to know what he's been up to, but it's never been the right time. Um, And I'm curious to know if anybody's figured it out yet. There have been a couple little little sprinklings in there. I have
2: theories, but the problem is most of my theories get overturned almost immediately because it's been other people that have been solving the issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's you. And then there was the orc army that came through. And I'm like, that felt... Very Gideon. <laughs> like, yes, Jen may have been the inciting incident there, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I promise that pretty early on in the beginning of arc two, we are going to find out what Gideon has been up to.
2: Yeah. And I, th- I think that would be the obvious answer is, yeah, of course I wanted to have Gideon. He's one of my favorite backstory characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, even with Xander on the table, like, yes, Gideon is my favorite yeah by far i I think there was we did have a write up of a scene between him and char before, and I don't know if we posted that
0: uh, we did not and we should. Yep. We absolutely should post that. I totally forgot that existed. I just, I like the, the last time we actually saw Gideon in the flesh in this show was when Char went to the forge, saw Gideon was getting shaken down for information, <laughs> dove through, kind of waved Gideon's like, You son of a bitch, brought these guys to my place, and then stole his horse and cart and left.
1: <laughs> Came back, stole his precious jewels, left a little love
2: note. I, I do intend to pay him
1: back. I just, I think it's so,
0: fun. and the thing is, is like, and people don't know this because they don't know Gideon, but very much like, he is that guy who's going to be like, son of a bitch, Char. But like, also, he, he'd do anything for Char. So like, it it's whatever. And Water I think that's bridge.
2: one of those things that it's unfortunate, like that bit of meta knowledge to me was just like,
0: ah, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's just hilarious. So Gideon.
2: Yeah, Gideon and, um, oh, god damn it. You dropped a hint of one of the garden members potentially not being aligned with them that was in Stellium. Lavenza. Lavenza, yeah. So I think that I would like to have Lavenza more involved in the story,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even mm-hmm. if it's just for a brief period of time.
0: Yeah.
2: Final answer
1: <laughs> Lavenza. That's a good one. My my boy in Annenfell. How's he doing? I want to know. Which, Aravon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out what's going
0: on with Annenfell right now. That'll mm-hmm. be something else. Did he replenish his supply since I took it and ran? He stole his whole bag. <laughs> probably. Probably.
1: So we
2: can uh. steal more?
0: <laughs> uh, I want to hear about how different the story would have been for Arc 1 if Shar had touched or stolen the orb in Episode 2.
2: That was episode two?
0: I don't think it was episode two. It might have been episode two. I don't know. They said episode two. Um, And they probably know better than I do. No, it it couldn't have been because... Halfway. It was like episode four or five that happened, I would think. Whatever. We're splitting hairs. It doesn't matter. It was very early on. Um, How different would it have been? I mean, if Char had actually gotten the orb... And gotten away with it, got away from Aridell and the person who was with her. Um,
2: oh, you know what? That's who I want to show up again as Aridelle,
0: Reese's the, sister. Yeah, the
2: the estranged sister. Yeah, because that death hurt.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I oh that was forgot that was mean. Oh, okay, let me let me address yes, it was that and for you a know moment. It. That was mean. Um, when I decided that Reese was dead. <laughs> uh and that alias had killed her um and uh i knew that was going to happen and i knew that prior to the episode going in that alias was going to kill reese to make a point to set herself up as being like a serious enemy in that moment where shar asked alias for help and asked her to go get reese i was like oh shit this is, it's set up so well, but this is going to hurt so bad. <laughs> this is going to hurt so bad. Uh, it was mean, but again, it just, it felt right. That felt like the right death. <laughs> Being a bitch felt so good. It felt so good <laughs> and so wrong. <laughs> um, But Ashar had stolen that orb. And they had the orb already. Uh, instead of all of this stuff that happened, this would have been an internal struggle between the two of them. Probably taking turns touching this orb, talking to this freaking god that they know nothing about. This god's like, release me. And, like, people are chasing them down now because they have the orb. And it would have been a very interesting and strange story. And I okay, don't
2: counter- know where it would have gone. counter Counter-argument. <laughs> Zem would have absolutely released whatever was in there, and the story is yeah. very different. It probably mm-hmm. would have
1: been like, "Let's see what happens." Yes,
2: Who knows? What, that's what exactly what would have happened.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and honestly, I it didn't happen. I when Shar went out to investigate the crate, it never in like I had never thought about it going that far, <laughs> right? So if if he had actually stolen the orb somehow. Yes, the story would have gone in a whole different direction, but I have no idea because I had no plans for that. Um, I don't know. Because, yeah, Next probably would have been released, and that would have bumped up the timeline. Our enemies
2: would have been allies, and our allies would have been enemies, technically.
0: <sighs> I don't even know if it would have been that. I think you would have had no allies, all enemies. The chaos that has been sort of taking over this hub would have just gone through the roof and... Because um, I'm just going to point out something that we haven't really addressed in the show. But the when Nex was imprisoned in that orb, the rest of the divine creatures signed a treaty saying that they would not interfere with these other planes for 2,000 years. Nex was not part of that deal. Because Nex was imprisoned. So Nex, if he was released, would have free reign To do whatever he wanted, Um,
1: it would have maybe gone poorly. Really? Mm, mm -hmm. This makes me want to put that bubble inside another bubble. (laughs) Smash it with a hammer! (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, you know, uh, it's probably a good thing that there's been a general consensus not to open this thing. Um, At least for now. We'll see what happens. Uh, What would have happened if Karina, Zem, and Shar had been captured in episode one? Uh, There was a whole sequence in which they were going to be taken to the docks and put into a warehouse where they were going to be questioned uh, and there was going to be... I don't want to say torture. That's not the right.
2: No, it's the right word. Don't lie. It's,
0: it's sort of the right word. Um, they would have been pressured to reveal who they were. The Tortured. reveal of the fact that Char and Zem were uh, as- ASMR would have come out then, not 40 episodes later, whenever it happened. Uh, and then if they hadn't gotten away, they were going to get put on a boat and taken somewhere.
2: Tortured.
0: That, that I won't mention. No, no. The torture was just to get them to reveal what they were. Torture. Then the torture would have stopped. So
2: uh... I disagree. <laughs> I, so, <yeah>. You're adorable. <laughs> she would have pissed somebody off.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> Zem probably would have ended up with like a gag and, you know, fully just like like just chains and Sounds hot. Yeah, she would have liked it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was there was a whole thing that was actually the outcome that I thought was most likely. So I had that whole path really played out, and I mean, again, a whole different story. A whole different story would have unfolded from that point. Which character death emotionally hurt the most? We've talked about that pretty much. Horatio. Uh, Hor- Horatio. <laughs> so many human NPs or I don't know, like I don't. They're not all humans. It Just happened. Well, I was like humans, but like you know. they're not all humans. And then I was like, I whatever, humanoid uh, NPCs, and you go with Horatio. It's fine.
2: He's always going to be at the top of the tragedy list. <laughs>
1: um, Reg, but also um, Dell Dale. That Mm-mm. was that was rough.
2: Oh. The artist formerly known as Dale uh-huh. or Dell. Wait, which one was which?
1: I don't remember Fuck. which came first. It was
0: it was Dale first, and then it was Dell. Okay. I yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, but aside from Horatio, um, Reg and Reese probably in that order.
0: Yeah, those ones. Those ones were pretty emotional. I, I never was connected to Reese. Me, so I know. I, know. I was sad to see Karina go, um, because <sighs> she's she's just fun, and she had. I know that she irritated Shar, and that was the whole point. Like, she was set up to be very irritating and inflammatory to him. But they even had a couple moments toward the end between Shar and Karina where it was very much Shar. I think Shar had like a certain gratitude for her because she was able to be there for oh, his
2: yeah. parents.
1: I, I think right? that
2: like if the story had continued, they probably would have gotten along better. It would have taken a little more, a little bit longer, but and even longer to admit it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and it was it was fun to watch this character who was I mean sort of a bully. To... What do you mean,
2: sort of? She was a bully. If... She
0: wasn't okay, but she wasn't. She meant you. No, I'm just kidding. She, she, wasn't, she, wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't like the meanest of the mean girls, but she was definitely in that clique and she didn't get along with Shar. Uh, and she bullied him. Turn into this like sister figure where it's like, I don't want you, like a stepsister almost, but you have the same parents. <laughs> uh those are those are my mom and dad. Uh and then like this grudging respect thing that started happening it was a lot of fun um and then her moments with Zem like there was just a lot of really sweet moments
2: and the to, sleepover was was yes. awesome
0: yes and to get this Zem, about Zem be just like a young woman yeah again you know talking about crushes and you know joking about people you knew from your past like oh my god did you hear that so-and-so married so <laughs> you know like those those were fun moments and
1: so it's sad to see her go I don't think that I have fully connected with the fact that, like, She's she gone. died and um, Zima, mm. like, that. I, it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's going to be addressed. Yes. But, like, as of right now, I. It, there were too many bodies on the ground. I feel like I just, I haven't.
0: And and that's sort of what I wanted to get across at the end of 63 was, like, you're walking through and you're just seeing, bo- like, there's this shell shock going mm-hmm. on, right? You see it, but it's almost like it's not real. Um, and we're going to have a moment in 64 where we address all of that. So, very sad. Very sad. um Which villain death was the most satisfying? Fucking ad horror
1: it was pretty satisfying. Uh, I mean, listen. Dalius, yeah. I mean, um Ambrose, was- yeah, but like it it was like I think at Hara, because I didn't know what was we like we still didn't know the the full context of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um she had been pursuing us so hard. Um and it was just like, fucking stop! Mm. And then, like, it did. And it was like, whew, okay. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would probably have to say the same. Because, yeah, it's great that Dalyus is dead. But it, it wasn't satisfying. It was just kind of like...
1: Mm-hmm. It it was it, a desperate situation. It still felt like, oh, my God, okay, thank God we, we didn't die. But ultimately, there was no, like, despite Zem asking over and over, why, why, why? And him giving his answers, it was never satisfactory. There was never, like, a good enough reason. And I, as player, never accepted any of them. I was always just like, fuck off. There has to be a better reason. Like, there has to be more behind it. So, we don't, I, I mean... I don't think we officially know yet that there definitely was no bigger reason behind it other than his own shit, but it's like that was it. Yeah. For me, um
2: and I understand that there's going to be more later on, but still. Or maybe like, there the won't moment. be
1: or maybe there won't be. Well, so so
0: here's my thing, right? Is when Dalias confronted Zem in the hotel room in fell, Another fantastic moment. Uh He, and she was asking him, like, why are you doing these things? Why, you know, this isn't you. Why would you, I don't understand. The person I knew would not do these things. And he kind of hinted at, like, trying to understand Dunamancy, chronology. He's trying to change something that he did in his past, right? We got that little shred of information but whatever it was was so heavy so real so embarrassing so something he didn't tell them in that moment and so i as the dm am left very much in this moment like do i put that out in the world do do you go to dalius's office and find a journal where he describes all oh, this exact moment this thing that happened that this makes sense this is what he wants to change or do you just never know because sometimes Sometimes you don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are gone. And sometimes you, like, you do something so horrible that you wouldn't even want to write it down because you don't want people to know. Taking things to the grave is legit. Yeah. Yeah. And... Like, there are just enough little morsels that we've left in here. We know that he had something going on with Kai. We know that at one point in time he left Stellium and he was gone for months or years looking for something, trying to understand something. And he's done horrible things because there was something that he was trying to hide or change. But, like, maybe we just don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's just where we leave it. And it's just sort of unsatisfying. But that's sort of life.
2: However, we are raiding his office. Well, absolutely raining his office. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'll let you guys decide right now.
2: Yes, we are. We're diminished. No, no, no. No.
1: (laughs) Do you want to know? I would like a hint. I don't need to know the whole thing. I think that it would be fun to discover at some point, but I don't know if I want it all laid out right now.
2: Okay. I do want to know at some point. So, like, write it down, keep it in the back of your brain. Mm -hmm. I want the same, like, cookie crumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make your own assumptions to where it might have gone. Yeah. Um. But I want I want that resolution to be with Kai involved because I feel like she was a bigger player than we thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so whether it's a more direct, like, I'm looking to, I need to change what happened on this date. Or I need to erase a memory of what, I don't know, I, I, I can't even think of what it could be, but like. His his goal, but not his reason, to help narrow down what that reason is, to maybe get, like, other, like, little snippets or whatever. Maybe a name drop. Like, a who the fuck is that?
2: You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. digging through his past, like, mm-hmm. just in the worst way.
0: Because I feel like this would be a really interesting thing for Zem. Because as much as Zem right now is trying to downplay her feelings about the Dalias thing, like... This sucks. This probably
1: sucks for her more than her mom dying. Because she expected it. She, everything that Dahlia has ever done, Zem expected. Mm -hmm. She never acted in a way other than Zem knew her to act. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Dalias, he fucking lured her in, let her feel safe and confident in someone he was not. Mm -hmm. And then when the time was right, sprung that, like, trap, I guess, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... That's fucked up. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've pointed out in the past,
0: Dalius Dalius did care about Zamira in a way that he thinks that somebody cares about a daughter. We know that his reasoning, his thought processes, they're fucked up. They mm-hmm. right, nobody's saying that he had a healthy attachment to Zamira. But so, for him to be doing these things and using Zamira in this way, even knowing full well that he does care about her, like, again, why? And I think that that is something that when, Zem, when, when things are quiet, when Zem lays down at night and can, like, relax, those are the sort of questions that creep in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Zem does need some sort of revolution. Re- revolution. revolution. Resolution.
1: <laughs> She's got enough revolution. She's got enough revolution. <laughs> By the way, if you take that from me, I will be so pissed at both of you. Wait, what? My whole crowning glory of this entire fucking podcast is that orc army. <laughs> so don't you dare.
2: <laughs> I'm not even
1: kidding. I will be so butthurt.
2: <laughs> I will ruin your lives Jen for has months. left the podcast. <laughs> Why? Uh, orcs.
0: <laughs> okay, I have a question now specifically just for Char. Okay. Um... Is Char a fan of picnic dates? And also, what type of sandwiches does he like? And also, what flowers does he like? And also, does he like getting lost in each other's eyes? And also, does he like holding hands?
2: <laughs> That's a lot. Um, <laughs> so, in order. Um, picnic dates? Probably, yes, on picnic dates. Mm-hmm.
0: What kind of sandwich?
2: Good cucumber sandwich.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, flowers.
2: Um, there is a flower in the garden that was explicitly said, I think it was the Moondrop Flower or something along something those like lines. like that, yes. That one is his favorite.
0: Does he like getting lost in each other's eyes?
2: No, it confuses him.
0: <laughs> and does he like holding hands?
2: I'm going to go with probably not. Oh. He, I mean, I think that yes, he does. He doesn't think he does.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay.
2: Like, because he's a very repressed individual.
0: <laughs> I feel like
2: He's romantic, but he's a closeted romantic, however that mm-hmm. He's if, too that awkward sense. to be yeah. openly
1: romantic, yeah. I think that he does like holding hands, but he wouldn't initiate. Oh. Oh, yeah, be I mean, one of those things where, like,
0: you go to hold his hand, he kind of, like, tenses up, and then, like, you feel his hand relax a mm-hmm. little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's sweet.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm 50-50 on the picnic. I'm not sure how I feel about that. As sure, I mean.
1: I don't think that Char would initiate any of that. Oh, God, no. But. You, if you led him there without telling him, he'd come.
0: <laughs> oh, look, there's just this blanket with food. Please come sit.
2: <laughs> like I said, closeted romantic. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Those were also very specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, what jobs would Sharonzem have pursued after graduating if the events of Slay of the Stars had not transpired?
2: Oh, straight up would have been Glassworks. Like, that would not have changed.
1: Yeah. She probably would have stayed and continued her education, and then once she learned everything she could learn, she would stay with the school somehow, so whether she became a professor or went out into the wilds.
0: (laughs) Maybe she could have done, like, an exchange program with the Ellen Estenome.
1: Would have ended up there anyway, mm-hmm. but in a totally different way. Totally different, yeah. She probably would have been looked... You know how she's been treated like a fucking princess her whole mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Despite... No. Yeah. She probably would have been, like, the nerd. Like, she would have gone to Ellen Stanome and been, like, unpopular. People pick on her. Like, all that kind of stuff. Because it's... In comparison, there is no comparison. Yes. Like, they are so much more advanced interesting would have been interesting
2: not even close
0: (laughs) what does rafe truly feel about zem
2: do you want us to walk away
0: no um i think in the beginning rafe thought zem was interesting because she pursued him right she was this like sort of like 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 an upstart you know what I mean like sticking your nose where it didn't belong sending him weird like flirty messages uh and he sort of looked at it like who does this this girl think she is right um but then like we played it off like she would be like so what'd you have for breakfast you know like nonsense like that and then one morning he would just like reply like, okay, fine. Here, I'll tell you. And then they started having this this connection that was like that, right? Her being, like, playfully flirty and him just sort of like, oh, I'm just going along with it. But then he found himself, like, actually liking those messages because for the he doesn't let a lot of people around him. And the people who are around him, they... They... They're, they're, all, they're all kind of scared of him, right, either because of his position or if they are unfortunate enough to know what he is, a vampire, uh, then they are scared of him for being that. And he is scared of them because they know his secret, right? And so Zem was this person that he didn't want to get close to, but she sort of, like, forced her way in, brute force. Um, and so that, like, playful connection sort of developed into more like, oh... I like her. And so he legitimately is in love with Zamira.
1: Aww.
2: Short story long. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Short story long. I feel like after all of the events that have happened, she would probably admit the same. She is, regardless of whether or not she would admit it.
0: Yeah. They are... They are so similar in some ways that I don't know how this will actually end up. (laughs) In tears. (laughs) In tears. Uh, But it's going to be a fun thing to watch play out. Okay.
2: It's like Uh, a WVU during the winter when they, like, set the dumpster on fire and just pushed it down High Street because it was on ice. It is just a dumpster literally on fire (laughs) traveling down High Street.
0: Oh, this is... This is an interesting question. Uh, what do Jen and Arthur think the weaknesses of the current enemies are? Also, what do Zem and Shar think?
2: This feels like a you question. I'm not answering the weaknesses because I want to exploit that. I
1: didn't ask this question. <laughs> Prince asked this question. What do we think the weaknesses of the enemies are? Um, I think that... Um... Adria is blinded by power so her own power is going to be like gaining more power is that how am i trying to say this her insistence on obtaining more blinds her to everything else mm-hmm. hubris sure but it's it's more like I can trust that anything she's going to do is going to be self-serving. She's going to attempt to get more power. So knowing that that's where she's always going to go, I can work with that. I can try to work with that. (laughs) Um, So I think that's one for her. Um, Who else? Uh... I think Nix and Knox, they're each other's weakness. So that's one. Who else? I don't even know. I
0: like that comparison, though. Um, like, Knox is doing basically all of these things because she wants her brother to be free. Mm-hmm. Right? This person that she cares about above all else she doesn't care what she has to do, what she has to destroy. All she wants is for this, this to happen. And it's an interesting juxtaposition with Zem and Shar, who say the same thing. Like, we're here, we'll save the world, but not at the expense of each other. We'll burn it all down. Yeah. <laughs> if that has to be a decision. And so it's, it's fun to watch play out because I think that the two of you can identify very much.
1: With them, yeah, on some level, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, um, and we, like, we've said this several times. Like, we are each other's biggest weakness, and mm-hmm. if they ever, like, that was Dalius' biggest problem was that he always went after me rather than going after him, because mm-hmm. if he had ever gone after Shar, it would have been different. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, like an idiot, like
2: hubris. An idiot. Yeah, I think um, so. Like humanoid issues is separation of the powers and no like structure mm-hmm. that's what's going to always keep them from gaining anything and extra planar I think the, the actual weakest link is Primus mm-hmm. personally because I think he's in, in spite of keeping the balance he's actually causing anarchy
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: but that's that's a big problem with like lore too he's done that shit so I feel like that might be a, that might be too much of my nerd coming through <laughs>
1: For Genevieve, I feel like it's, um, cause we haven't, we have not seen her since and I have not had, I have not had enough like interaction with her to really know her enough to know her weakness, but I do know that she's a problem. Um, I think that it's like, yes, she wants power, but I think that it's more than that, which means I don't think that that's going to be her biggest weakness. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Zamira, uh, we're not going to, Zamira and I, we are not going to approach any of them from like a physical combat strength. Cause that's my biggest weakness. Like I, I cannot approach any fight that way. I need to figure out, okay, how can I cripple you mentally in order to like weaken you so that this one can take over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: we we sort of addressed this in the core recap, but I'll let Arthur answer maybe the second part of this. Uh, meeting Xander, knowing he had every chance to choose the right path, why doesn't Shar resent him? Or why doesn't it seem like Shar resents him?
2: He's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, he's not fully over the trauma yet, because the second that he was getting close to getting over the trauma... Reg fucking died mm-hmm. like a brutal horrible fucking death
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and it's he's scared to get to know people and despite the fact that yeah he's made the wrong choice he's the only person that Char's been involved with that has not died
0: yeah
1: um,
2: so like take that with a salt lick but yeah it's <laughs> short story yeah he's in love with them
1: taking notes Zem to get Char laid <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, can you tell us more about Ambrose?
0: I know he was supposed to be a major villain, but was defeated in one episode, so we couldn't learn more about him. Allegedly, um, we haven't heard the last of Ambrose. I don't want to say front Ambrose
2: vampire.
0: Um, he he. Uh, the word. He said in episode, (laughs) he he did say directly to Rafe in episode 63 that, uh, you know, this feels familiar to Rafe. And so we know he's a vampire. We know Rafe's a vampire. Uh, We can connect these dots about what's going on with the two of them. Uh, And in one of the previous episodes, Zem and Rafe had a conversation where uh, Zem said that she would help Rafe find out more about what he was, um, and Rafe wasn't quite sure if he wanted to know. But I think now he'd probably want to know more. Um, and Ambrose would have been a way to learn more. Kind of forgot I promised that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and You're so in love. so yeah, it was. Uh, it was not a moment that I had hoped for. That is not what I wanted for that character. But the dice will what they will, um, and you know I'm not gonna
1: not gonna be sad about it. <laughs> There's more than two vampires, so uh, probably I'm I'm going to assume that neither one of them were the beginning or the end. So if that's the case. There's always ways to find more information. I'm sorry, I have a quote from the
0: wheel kind of stuck in my head so hard right now. The wheel weaves as the wheel (laughs) wills. Every time I talk about dice, that that pops into my head. Yes, so hopefully we will get more information on this topic.
1: So far, this entire day of recording, every time we bring up Xander, I just hear that song. That it like at one point he goes, "I smell
2: bitch." I think my favorite scene between you is actually when Zamira and Xander are or in the same scene.
1: So what's funny about that is I feel I feel very much like Zamira's relationship with Xander was I loved him first, like fuck off, man, like you, you know what I mean, like that sort of thing. Like even though it was platonic, mm. um. And it was fine to be, like, she was fine to have this sort of, like, not truly contentious, but I don't know, like, banter or whatever, where we're going to pretend we hate each other, but...
2: The sass is just...
1: Yes. But then he just kept choosing wrong. And that's why, like, every time she brought up, like, you, you have more choices, like, you could still choose the right way. But he's run out of chances. Now he has to die. <laughs>
2: Maybe. <laughs> the whole world might just...
0: It's true. At any moment. Uh, Zamira, having almost lost her boyfriend, how do you feel? <laughs> uh, how do you plan to prevent this in the future?
1: Prevent almost losing my boyfriend? Uh-huh. I'll die first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... So, I guess I don't really know the the l- rules around vampirism in our universe. So, I don't know, like, which set we're going with. But, assuming he's an immortal with semi-traditional rules, there isn't a whole lot I can do there. Um, if another vampire is going to fight with him and he's not as strong as that other vampire, like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. <laughs> But that being said, and as I mentioned earlier, there's always ways to research things. And I think that that's what she's... That, that has been my plan. Torture. <laughs> wow, we keep coming back to torture. <laughs> we nothing. It's all
2: Arthur. That's true. You know I'm right.
1: <laughs> um, I would like to do research on vampires. like Just lore. And there's going to have to be some stuff. Um, I'm assuming... Is this the first time we would have heard about vampires? Because I don't think. So in this world, um,
0: there are like stories about vampires, like ha ha Halloween stories. right? So it's like okay. a
2: boogeyman type Like thing. a boogeyman type Like, like holy thing. shit,
0: they're real. Yeah. So whenever you found out that Rafe was a vampire, this would have been like a holy shit, like, okay moment. Again, like I said, like there are. Like, with the tree and stuff. Oh, you're serious. Like, I want that to be a
1: theme in this world. Okay, got it. So then she would get as much information information Information. as she can and then (laughs) have to sort through what is real and what is not real.
0: I just had the best idea.
1: Okay. Yes? I'm sorry. Do you need to write it down? I need to write it down.
2: Would you like a sticky note? No,
0: it's okay. I'm going to type it right here.
1: So as she's sorting through that, she would try and, you know, find ways like how to help him or whatever. Or how to cure him if that's a thing that exists and he wants it. But ultimately it is his afterlife and whatever he wants to do with it is his. Um
2: And this is the hardest part for me, is like I will not metagame to the point of I will kill my own character. But lore. I know what happens when vampires die, and I know how to kill them and how to, like, potentially resurrect them.
1: Well, like, you know, traditional, there's not a lot about this that's traditional. So, like, we we haven't really stated which way we're going with vampires in our world. I specifically have not yeah, said that. So, I, I don't know. But, um, I don't know. I don't know that I can prevent that unless I just don't have a boyfriend anymore and
2: you have a husband. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's that or just I I meant more like having nothing, having no one. Um and she's lived that life for too long. I think she's done with that. D&D wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I really love how this book had an entire section on you opening a bar. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm really glad this entire module has a wedding setting, really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but can you imagine who wouldn't come to my wedding? I'm sorry. Everyone would want to come to my wedding. It would be the event. Of the century. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, as of dramatization number four, could you tell me more about what type of voices you ask the voice factors to voice actors to emulate with their respected characters how do you choose voice actors
2: so um i have worked with steve on and meredith actually because meredith was dolly in um oh what was it uh afk arena for the 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 anime so i had worked doing walla with both of them before i knew mitch from classes that we took with closing credits shameless plug um and then with Lineth, uh Laneth is one of the people that actually taught me how to use Reaper. Uh, so, he, ironically, this podcast wouldn't exist without Laneth. <laughs> so, um, but how I choose them is we get the script together first with Leah, and then she kind of tells me what she wants the voices to sound like or, like, what kind of characterization. What is funny? My nails?
1: No, Stop it. I like those. It's the, um, I just keep coming back to the fact that, like, (laughs) you guys do all this really technical, like, looking into all this, and then you send us options, and I'm like, that's hot. Do that one.
2: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. That's a very important thing for me to deal with, because I'm terrible with making those kind of decisions.
1: So everyone who's who we've ever chosen, I think your voice is hot. (laughs) You're welcome. And that's the thing you know about me now.
2: (laughs) But yeah, um... So a, I I know a bunch of, like, actors, like, voice actors that I've worked with. I've either worked with or I've taken classes with or um, just I've heard by proxy. So I kind of know what vocal, like, tone we're going for with certain things. Like, as soon as Meredith – so Meredith was my first option, period, mm-hmm. for uh, Dahlia because I've heard her do – Things, like, with her voice that she doesn't get paid to do very often, I'm like, oh, I want to be able to let her show off. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Laneth was my first choice to play Ambrose. Uh, so Laneth is awesome. He's also from Australia. Uh, go check him out. If you haven't checked any of the voice actors out, I highly recommend all of them from the last three dramatizations. Yes. Um I knew Steve from AFK Arena. I know that Steve is very, very good with accents as well. I actually have an alt take with Steve in a British, or I'm sorry, transatlantic accent that I might let be released on Patreon. On the we second.
0: should 1,000% release that on Patreon. And, and Meredith also
2: about. gave me a British accent take. So Dahlia could be British. Um, but <laughs> because Zem isn't British, I didn't feel like that was accurate. <laughs> so as far as like, if you're asking me how I choose voice actors, it's... We eventually will have to get to the point where I've run out of people that I know to do certain things, um, but we haven't had an open call yet. There might be a chance for that in the future for voice actors who I don't know and we would love to be able to work with. Um, oh, and Isaac is always going to attempt to be my favorite voice actor that gets plugged randomly into something. Uh-huh. Um, and, and he just had the baby, so I know that we couldn't get him in on the last one, unfortunately, but – I love having Isaac's voice in every dramatization. That's kind of my joke.
0: Yes, I I enjoy that very much as well because we all love Isaac very much. Yes.
2: He's amazing.
0: For anybody who's just listening to this for the first time randomly, Isaac is the person who did our theme music.
2: (laughs) Go check it out. We
0: have have an interview with him. Yeah, We do. Uh, So we have a Beyond the Stars interview. uh, And you can also just look at the, on Spotify, if you go look for uh, Slay the Stars theme, it comes up. You can listen to the whole thing.
2: And if you're trying to create a video game, he does video game music. Yes, you, you can okay. pay him to do that. He is awesome. He's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, as far as the actors, it's as of right now, it's the ones that I know that I can work with personally. And I, I trust to have a, a either a good turnaround time or um, I won't have any problems with their recording because I've heard their setup before.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is a huge thing, hiring – voice actors knowing that they have their own booths and their audio's clean and stuff makes your job so much easier mm-hmm. because I can't imagine <laughs> trying to mix five different voices with all different mics and sound qualities and
2: Yeah, like just just as a heads up like we could never use these mics for dramatization, really. Uh we did one time and the reason it worked was because we put a fuck ton of music behind it, which was the bar scene.
0: Yeah. 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 Um
2: sorry i hope i answered the question
0: no you did that was good and
2: i I love nerding out about voice actors there i I love them all we
0: we didn't know we didn't know you like that
2: i know i love them all very very much (laughs) i would i would have everybody and everything all the time
0: i know i know and i
2: stop fucking grumbling jesus christ
0: (laughs) he's talking to his stomach not us (laughs) um but yeah i (laughs) I, (laughs) he's not a dick (laughs) Uh, I like doing the dramatizations as well. It is so much fun to have these professionals come in and voice these characters in the world and to give so much characterization behind these moments that we can't always play out um on screen and I mean so frequently. The last two we've done have not involved Zem and Shar, and I think that has been greatly to our benefit because it lets us show what's happening. It, like Zem and Shar aren't the center of the whole world like there is so much happening in other places um, and getting to showcase that is a good time
1: I would really like to showcase um, Rafe and the new setup that we're haven't recorded yet yeah Um. when other things transpire I agree I agree bleep, bleep that whole well and this is
0: a, a good thing to start with because I I think that um, I think that we're going to have a lot more opportunities for dramatizations down the line because I sense some large shifts coming in arc two. So let's transition to talking about what—obviously, uh, no spoilers. We haven't recorded anything from arc two yet, so we can't give spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we did it, guys. <laughs> but uh, we'll I mean, let's ourselves. <laughs> Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh what do you two hope to get out of Arc 2? Where do you want to see it go in generalities?
1: Um well, since I have an orc army. Oh, you allegedly. have. do mm-hmm. well, <laughs> Don't look at me that tone of voice. Staring them both <laughs> down. Um so I want to figure out a way to discuss this whole council business because the, we know the orc army wants them dead. <laughs> like they are not interested. So we need to figure out some middle ground there. Like whether they disband. And then we make them not kill them <laughs> or something. I don't really know what the answer is yet. But I would like to resolve that. Um, because they did just come in and do what they did. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Which was awesome.
1: Yes, and then after that, um, I feel like I just inherited a crime syndicate.
2: You kind of did.
1: So, considering my boyfriend had a crime syndicate, um, and I don't know if that was destroyed, or if that was just disbanded, or put on pause, or absorbed, pause. I don't really know. Put it on pause. Pause. Put on pause. I know, I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> um whatever happened I want him to do that but I would like it to be a real Robin Hood situation like I don't care if you do crime but like help the little guy help the little guy right so
2: which I think that was he kind of did he kind
1: of did right like he he did what he did but like he also you know like Wealthy people needed to pay more than like the little guy. Little guy didn't pay as much.
2: Listen, it's the mafia. It's okay.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I just anyway, I, I want to see that. I'm talking about my guy all wrong. <laughs> Stabbing you in the face yeah. with a soldering iron.
2: Look, he's good. And uh <laughs> he, he helps the little guy out. He takes the money they from the big guy's pockets. Great
1: Christopher Walken yeah. every time. <laughs> I can't do... I don't
2: think it's the mannerisms. That's what throws me off.
1: <laughs> I can't do voices. I can't do accents. I Literally every character I play is going to sound exactly like this.
2: <laughs> but it's I, okay because this voice is great. So. I love accents. Um, <laughs> actually, I, Leah knows this too. Um, we used to play very, very late into the evening during COVID. Like when we were playing like three days a week and three Not nights. More
0: than that, but yeah. And <laughs> I had a
2: very thick Scottish accent. And I we were played so late to like three or four in the morning. And my accent was just stuck because you have these things called home phrases, which gets you into an accent. Uh, and now, but you don't have a home phrase for your own natural fucking accent. <laughs> so I was just stuck in Scottish for like six hours <laughs> at work at a bank. <laughs> it
0: was so fun though. <laughs> um, we got way off topic. We got way off topic. Sorry. No, it's fine. This is just what we do. What was the topic? Uh, Arthur, uh, where do you want to see Arc 2 go?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I want to raid Dahlia's uh, headquarters before other shit hits the fan. Just because that feels like that would be closure for Mm Zem. As far as what Char has thought. Um, I also want to beat the shit out of your father.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he's at. but We'll uh... find out. Yeah. We will find out soon.
2: Cause fuck that guy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the last time we saw your dad, Shar told Rafe to burn his boat with him on it, <laughs> sink sink his boat with him on it. Yeah. So.
2: What was the, that was where the one line came from? Like fools, what was it? The, the oh shit. Uh, <laughs> the collective brain power. <laughs> we are very intelligent.
1: We have three
2: brain cells fighting for fourth place. Uh, <laughs> Um also,
0: fools hold secrets. Yeah, that
2: one. I'm pretty sure that was about Zem's dad.
0: I'm pretty sure it was. Or it was about Del. I can't remember. I don't think so. Because Del is the fool card. But anyway, regardless, um, we now know the secret that uh Zem's dad was hiding. Um which was about Zem's origin. Um well okay, let's just Let's hypothetically say that Zem finds out that, like, oh, your dad died because his boat mysteriously caught on fire with him on it and it just sunk.
1: Uh, Would Zem ask questions? Would she be upset? What would she do? So, I mean, it depends on how she finds out, right? Uh If it's just, if if someone was like... Like Oh, you're looking
2: for that guy? (laughs)
1: This is the remnants of that ship. Clearly, it burned. Clearly, like there could have not been any survivors because it came ashore, whatever, whatever, whatever. She probably would just would have been like, He was a drunk. He probably lit a candle on this boat, it went up, and he died. Uh Uh-huh. But if someone was like, Yeah, that job we did before, she'd probably look sideways at Rafe like this sounds exactly like the type of thing you would do. Um, And it might be a little bit different. I don't think that she would, like, I don't think she'd be happy about it, but also... She
2: wouldn't be sad.
1: Yeah, like, she kind of gave up on him the last time. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So... I'm still mad about that shit. (laughs) Like, both Char and Arthur. Uh What do you mean you paid off your debt of, like, ten gold coins to give up your daughter? Are you fucking kidding me?
0: That was another good moment. Oh, my God. There's so many good moments. Listen, I'm
2: furious about that. Like, you (laughs) can be mad at Xander. I'm furious at your father.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kristoff. Fuck Um, that guy. Where I want to see Ark 2 go is, I want to change it up. I want, I want to do something crazy. I want to do something that people are not expecting. And I, I want, so the first arc was about Zem and Shar finding their place in the world. Call to action. And yes, the call to action, them coming into their own, them understanding their origins a little more and their power and becoming powerful enough to do something, both in like magical or physical power level and also in influence they now have both of those things they're level nine um and they have met most of the big players in the world and have positioned themselves in such a way that they have um sway they can they can make things happen they can give their opinions on things and it's respected um so this second so this has always been a three-act structure um, Slay the Stars was always going to be this way. This second one is going to be their action phase, right? This is them deciding what they're going to do and moving forward with it, and I hope going somewhere we've never gone before.
2: Hated that.
1: I'm fine with it. You know. I'm interested in that section of the map that looks like a complete creator
0: listen to Milo and Mila
2: this would have come out by then right yes okay so yeah find it on our Spotify (laughs) Slaythestars.com. uh
0: all right is there anything else that you guys want to say before we put arc one to
1: bed
2: wish my stomach would stop fucking growling
1: (laughs) um no I'm just I'm ready for the next chapter Mm -hmm. me too And we hope you are as well, kind listeners. That is where we will cut
0: off and we will see you in January for Episode 64 and the beginning of Arc 2. Bye. 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 Bye.
2: Intro music by Isaac Fires. Character designs by Cam Gonzalez. Produced by Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer Jen Kearney. And audio engineer Arthur Polino.